Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. What is your favorite part about Christmas? Some people like getting their picture with St. Nicholas, a.k.a. Santa Claus. And maybe some of y'all still like to go do that, not just the kiddos. Maybe some of you like to decorate the Christmas tree. You know, years ago, I was playing at my cousin's house, or excuse me, I was at my grandma's house, and I might have told you this story before, but, but we, we were around the Christmas tree. There was presents galore, just presents everywhere. I'm talking about it looked like it was thousands of presents. And my cousin pushed me and I fell into the Christmas tree. <laughs> and I broke out in hives. And ever since, I haven't liked the Christmas tree. Ever since. So, But anyways, um, some people like the Christmas tree. Some people like the decorations. Well, my favorite part about Christmas is none of that. It's the songs that we sing. Because these songs display the great theology about Christmas. But you know, it's interesting. As we come to, to the New Testament... You would think that as much of an emphasis that we as a modern day society place on Christmas, that Christmas would be mentioned a little bit more in the New Testament. You know, it's funny. Did you know that zero times in the book of Acts, the early church celebrated the birth of Christ? Only on two occasions in the writings of the Apostle Paul does Paul mention or give record about Christmas. In an age where Christmas is commercialized, I want to focus on this thought today. One word for us all, love. Would you say that with me? Love. I believe Christmas is about love. And so today my sermon is entitled with two words, Christmas love. Remember, Jesus is the reason for the Christmas season. Today I want to, I want to share this key thought with you. The greatest love story is not the Hallmark Christmas movies, okay? The greatest love story is the story of Calvary. That is Jesus. The reason why we read Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2 about his birth is so that one day he would go to the cross and pay for our penalty of sin. By means of introduction, we come to the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians is an interesting book. And really, outside of Philippians chapter 2, where the Bible talks about how God became human in that section, really, this is... This is really the only other time that, that Paul specifically mentions the Christmas story. Speaking of Mary being made of a woman, the Son of God came and made under the law to redeem them who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. This is really the only time. I'm not saying we should not celebrate Christmas. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm saying that the emphasis of this time of the year is about Jesus and Jesus only. Paul's writing to these churches in Galatia. And the whole purpose of his letter is there was these people called Judaizers. And they were going around and teaching these Gentile Christians who were not Jewish, didn't understand a lot of the Old Testament law. They were coming back in and telling them that you've got to go back underneath the law. You've got to practice circumcision. If you don't know what that is, ask your mommy and daddy when you get home. Okay? <laughs> you know, they were trying to take people and bring them back under the law. And the Bible says here that, that, that this purpose of this book is, is written in a way that says, hey, just Justification is by faith and faith only. So you don't have to abide by the dietary laws in the book of Leviticus. And all the Baptists shouted amen. So you can eat your ham on Christmas Day and Thanksgiving Day. 
You know, we read this book of the Bible and, and we understand that, that if an angel comes and preaches any other message about Jesus being the only way, the Bible says, let him or her be accursed. And wrapped in chapter 4 of this letter, we read one of the few times Paul mentions Christmas. And in these four verses, I believe we could summarize it with the word love. In fact, the young people quoted just a few moments ago, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible says that we love him because he first loved us. The Bible literally says a couple times that God is love. The definition of God, of love, excuse me, is Jesus. Because Jesus left his glorious throne and came to earth and that's what Christmas is about. So today I want to ask and answer this question. What is the Christmas love story all about. Well, the first thought I have for you is from verses 3 and 4 in Galatians chapter 4. Would you look at that verse? These verses I wrote down this. The Christmas love story is about the incarnation of the Son of God. The Christmas love story is about the incarnation of the Son of God. In fact, there's three words I want to talk to you about today. The first one is incarnation. The second one is redemption. And the third one is adoption. But we're going to zoom in and focus on incarnation. And here in verses 3 and 4, the Bible literally teaches that the Christmas love story is about the incarnation of the Son of God. Look at verse number 3. It says, Even so we, when we were children... We were in bondage under the elements of this world. Now, at one time in your life, you were under the bondage of sin. And by the way, the Bible talks about the law here. And the law is simply a schoolmaster to bring us to Jesus Christ. The law was given so that we could understand that we are sinners. And we need a Savior in His name is Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that, that at one time, these, these Gentile believers, they were under the complete bondage of the world. And now these Judaizers are trying to bring them back under the bondage of the law. But Jesus came to redeem us, not just from our sin, but from all these laws in the Old Testament. And verse number four says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, that was Mary. And we've discussed Mary earlier this month. And how Mary was a virgin and she conceived by the Holy Spirit of God made under the law. The Christmas love story is about the incarnation of the Son of God. Jesus breathed like you breathed. Jesus ate like you ate. Jesus hungered like you hungered. Jesus thirsted like you thirsted. Jesus was weary and tired just like all of us get weary and tired. Jesus was born just like you were born. Jesus was, he died just like you died. Or excuse me, like we are all going to die one of these days. <laughs> yeah, the pastor was preaching about we were all dead. <laughs> We're all dead in our sins, aren't we? That's what the Bible says. But Jesus was not conceived like we were conceived. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit of God. And yes, he was, uh, had a birth that was unique, but similar to ours. His death was completely different, but also similar. He went through the extreme agony and the process of death like all of us one day, unless we open the rapture, will take place. But his death was for a specific purpose. And that is when he was dying on the cross, the weight of the world, the weight of not just the world, but the weight of the sins of the world were placed upon him. So the times that we have lied, the times that I've lied, the times that we have stolen, the times that we have sinned against God, the Bible says that all that was placed upon Jesus. And that is why he came. And that's why he was incarnated and wrapped in humanity and flesh 2,000 years ago. But I'll tell you this, 
May I just be frank with you? The world loves to sing, Oh, Holy Night. The world loves to sing, Mary, Did You Know? The world loves to sing, Joy to the World. But the world wants Jesus to stay wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. But extra, extra, read all about it. He didn't come to stay in that manger. He came to go to the cross. And He came to die a sinner's death. He died your death and my death, placed in the center of two malefactors. Two people who deserved to die in a crucifixion. But He defeated death, hell, and the grave 2,000 years ago by His resurrection. And today we could not celebrate the incarnation without the resurrection. The Christmas love story is about the incarnation of the Son of God. Do you believe that Jesus is exactly who He said He was? Do you believe that Jesus was the Son of God, God made flesh. The Bible says that He was equal with God. The Bible says in a similar manner He was tempted at all points like you and me just without sin and that displays His nature. You know, when I think about Jesus, I think about, I think about how perfect He was. I mean, of course, we're all sinners. We've all sinned. And I've said things that were, were sinful. I've done things that were simple, and I've thought things that were simple. But Jesus never had a vile or wicked imagination. Jesus never had words that flowed out of his mouth that were contaminated by sin. And Jesus, even though he was around publicans, even though he was around sinners and prostitutes, he never sinned in thought, word, or deed. And that makes him the Son of God. May I draw your attention out of the first part of verse 5? It says, to redeem. Say the word redeem with me. Redeem. Say it again, please. Redeem. What's the Christmas love story about? Well, we've looked at incarnation. Now, the Christmas love story is about the incarnation of the Son of God. But secondly today, I want to share this with you. The Christmas love story is about the redemption of the people of God. The Christmas love story is about the redemption of the people of God. Here, the Bible speaks of redemption. And it says to redeem them that were under the law. So there's a time when the nation of Israel were given the law of God. They were given the Ten Commandments. And by the way, it's probably a good idea that we still live by those, even though our culture and our world does not want to. But we should. But Jesus came to free us from this law. This word redeem. It's an interesting word found in the New Testament. And it literally means this, to buy up to ransom, to rescue from loss. There was a day in your life when you were lost. You were traveling down the road of this life and you didn't know which direction to go. And sin was all over you. But Jesus, 2,000 years ago, the reason why He was born of a virgin and died on the cross is so that He could redeem us from our sins. Redemption is about how we, when we came to understand the gospel, when we reached the age of accountability, which is different for every person, when we came to that age, whatever age that was, whether it was 5 years old or 12 years old or, or some of y'all 35 years old or 60, <laughs> whatever age that was, you came to that understanding that you were lost and you needed a Savior and that you were hell bound. And the Bible tells us here that redemption is the fact that Jesus came and He came and He, he paid a price 
He paid a price that we could not pay because we owed a debt that we did could not pay as well. And he paid that ransom. And now all we have to do is accept that great payment. And that's what Christmas is all about. Redemption. Redemption from our sins. Redemption from the Old Testament law that no longer do we have to live underneath the, the judgment, if you will, of the Old Testament law. Now we live underneath the, the age of grace. And now the grace of God can be distributed to you. And now aren't you glad you don't have to go through the sacrifices of the Old Testament? You don't have to worry about, you know, going to the high priest and, and doing all the different things that the high priest did, the Day of Atonement, and all that stuff. Now we know that Jesus did all that for us. And he placed all that on him. And your sins and my sins. My question for you today is, have you experienced the redemption power of Jesus Christ? Have you allowed that payment of sin to buy you out of the marketplace of darkness? We're either a servant of God or a slave to sin. Today, I want you to know this, that no person, no human being deserves to be placed on a, a, a platform to be sold off into slavery. No person, no human being deserves that. But I want you to know this, that you and me, we are at the marketplace of darkness. And there the devil is waging for our soul. But Jesus steps in and he delivers us and buys us out of that sinful marketplace so that we could experience eternity and his love forever and ever. The Christmas love story is about the incarnation of the Son of God and the redemption of the people of God. But I want you to know this, that as I read the last part of verse 5 and verse number 6, I wrote down a third thought for, you, for us all today, and that's this. The Christmas love story is about the adoption of the sons of God. The Christmas love story is about the adoption of the sons of God. So we discussed how Jesus came and he was born of a virgin. And how he died on the cross to redeem us. That is to buy us out of that marketplace of darkness. But I want you to understand this word adoption. Would you say that with me? Adoption. The whole idea of adoption is somebody who did not, who's not your earthly biological father or mother. And they step in and they adopt you into their family. And you become their father and or mother. Look at verse number five. It goes on to say, To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Now, let's just, let's pause here. Every person in this world, in a sense, is a child of God, okay? Because we've been created by God. So, in a sense, every human being that's ever lived, ever is living, or ever will live, is a child of God. But a further study and a further analysis of this understands this. That, that we are the created child of God, or we are a regenerated child of God. And, I, and everybody has to come to a point where they become a regenerated child of God, okay? And, and here, the Bible, when it speaks about this adoption, it's not the fact that we were a created child of God, it's that we are a regenerated child of God, where the Holy Spirit comes and indwells us and lives inside of us. And here, the Bible says to the adoption of sons. And this, this phrase, it gives the idea of... Of, uh, in a Christian uh, sonship and respect to God, that it, it literally means the placing as a son so that you become a direct son or daughter of God. The Bible tells us that, that our Heavenly Father will not leave us or forsake us. And I'm thankful for that. 
I'm thankful that, that no, no way, shape, or form God the Father is going to abandon us. But here, look at verse number 6. It goes on to say, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Now, let's just look at verse 7. It says, Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. Earlier in this book, in chapter 3, the positionally is what chapter 3, verse number 28 is speaking of. It says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Positionally, there is no rich man in the eyes of God, and there is no poor man. There is no slave, there is no free man, and there is no man or woman. We are all part of the family of God. And here the Bible says that if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Now maybe you have siblings. Maybe, maybe you have had an inheritance over the years. And you know, there will come a time in your life, if you haven't done it yet, where you're going to write your last will and testament. And you're going to declare which relatives are going to get certain items or which relatives are going to get this, that, whatever. You understand the process. And as an adopted child of God, I want you to know this, that, that when we study the Bible, the word adoption gives the idea that, that we're just, we have just as much right, whether we are the biological son or biological daughter of God, or we've been adopted into the family of God. We get that same inheritance, whether it's true blood or adoption. And here, the Bible's saying that we get to be partakers of the inheritance found in Jesus Christ. And I'm not talking about millions and millions of dollars, although that would be nice to have on this earth. I'm talking about eternity with Jesus Christ in heaven. James chapter 1, it was quoted a little bit ago. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. And that gift was Jesus Christ. The greatest gift we could give somebody is Him. And the greatest gift that we could receive is Him. So maybe this Christmas, as you're sitting around with your family and, and, and looking and admiring the lights on the Christmas tree or maybe some of the other decorations, you see the gifts there. Uh, let us all be reminded that the greatest gift is Jesus. You know, this month I've been highlighting a, a few different Christmas songs. And I want to conclude with, 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 with a really interesting Christmas song. That when you begin to first to read it and listen to it, it, it may not sound like a Christmas song. But I want you to know it's what Christmas is all about. So if you've got your hymnals, I want you to turn to 295. 295. And I know you, you, you probably know this song because we, we sing it quite a, quite a bit here. But 295. The song is titled, Tell Me the Story of Jesus. And here's what the songwriter said. Fanny Crosby, many years ago. A lady who I understand was blind and could not see. But could you just imagine being in her mind as a blind woman? And the way that she saw God was probably far different than you or me. And she writes these words. Tell me the story of Jesus. Ride on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. 
Tell how the angels in chorus sang as they welcomed his birth. Glory to God in the highest. Peace and good tidings to earth. Fasting alone in the desert, tell of the days that are past. How for our sins he was tempted, yet was triumphant at last. Tell of the years of his labor. Tell of the sorrow he bore. He was despised and afflicted, homeless, rejected, and poor. Tell of the cross where they nailed him, writhing in anguish and pain. Tell of the grave where they laid him. Tell how he liveth again. Love in that story so tender, clearer than ever I see. Stay, let me weep while you whisper. Check out the last phrase. Love paid the ransom for me. Christmas is about Jesus. And it's about His love, my fellow brothers and my sisters. Never forget that the Christmas love story is about the adoptions of the sons of God. Are you an adopted son or daughter into the family of God? Christmas is about the redemption of the people of God. Have you experienced that redemption? And it's about the incarnation of the Son of God. Father, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you for this time that we've been able to just briefly meditate in your holy scriptures. And God, we ask that you would help us to always understand that you are the most important part about this time of the year. And Father, we pray that as we do gather together with our families, as we do gather together and open up gifts and sing songs, God, some that are really fun to sing and some are about you and your birth and in worship to you. God, as we get together and as we watch the, the movies and go to all the parties, God, help us to always understand that you are the only reason why we're celebrating Christmas. God, thank you for the first advent and your first coming. And God, we know that you're coming again very soon. And Father, we pray that you'll help us to remain faithful. With every head bowed, I want to ask you this question. If you stood before God today and he asked you, why should I let you into heaven? How would you respond? The Bible says that God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus came the first time so that you and me, so that we all could escape the judgment and wrath of God. And that is love. And if you've never experienced that love, if you never experience His forgiveness, I would love to take a Bible and show with you how you can know for certain heaven's your eternal home. Maybe you're here today and you are a child of God and you know that your relationship with Him is not what it needs to be. Well, I would love to pray with you. Maybe you're here today and Jesus is not first in your life. What a great day. What a great week to make Him number one again. 
or maybe you're here, you would just like for me to pray with you or talk with you more about baptism or membership. I'd love to talk with you more about that. However God has spoken to you, I invite you to respond during this invitation. Father, we commit this invitation into your hands, asking that you'd have your will in your way. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Will you stand with me as we sing a song of invitation? 591. 591 in those songbooks. 591. Let's stand and lift up our... our Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week.